Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that looks at really every aspect of the property world, from the mainstream to the esoteric. And today we're heading sort of towards the esoteric end of the scale, if I'm honest, and asking whether a COVID-related boost for the UK's marinas sector is set to continue. There's a huge demand for people wanting to have that sort of increased leisure time, especially with a bit of flexible working. We're starting to see people finding that newfound love of the water again. A well-run marina should be able to achieve between 40 and 50% profit potentially above that level. Somebody lending into this sector um, is, is increasingly, I think, going to be put under pressure to make sure that what they are doing, how they're operating the business, has regard to environmental um, obligations as well. So I, I think those influences are going to affect the market in the future. I'm Guy Ruddle, and because this is Savills, I'm, of course, joined by three people who know all there is to know about the UK marina market. All of them are from the leisure and trade-related property team, so let's meet them. Ian Simpson is head of that team. He has over 25 years' experience in the sector and is no stranger to Real Estate Insights. He's been here talking about garden centres and visitor attractions before. Ian, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Guy. Nice to be back, and... uh... Nice to catch up again on uh, on our market sectors. Kay Griffiths has also uh, been on the podcast before remotely. She's remote again today, I'm afraid, but that's the way of things. Uh, she's an associate director in the team. She's no stranger, as I say, to Real Estate Insights. Last time she was on, we, we didn't really have time to list all the areas that she's a specialist in. So here are some that we didn't get to mention last time. Shooting schools, sports venues and holiday cottage complexes, amongst many other things. Kay, lovely to, to have you on the podcast again. Hi Guy, nice to be here. And Tom Griffiths, no relation to Kay Griffiths, is an associate in the team. His background was asset management before property and he's mainly involved in the valuation for secured lending. Tom, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Thanks very much for having me Guy. It's an absolute pleasure. So let's start talking then about marinas. We've not talked about marinas on Real Estate Insights before and uh, Ian, let's. Uh, do you want to just tell me a bit about um, how big the market is, what it is, you know, the sort of the structure of the market? Okay, well, that's quite an open-ended question, Guy, but uh, it's a relatively small market. Um, There are just under 600 marinas in the UK overall, and that split roughly uh, 300 uh, coastal marinas and about 250, 260 inland marinas. And essentially, um, they are a basin of water with boats on them, and the boats generate income through mooring fees and other sources for the owner of the marina. And Kay... What makes a good marina? I think it really depends on who the owner is. I think if you are a corporate owner, um, then they tend to be after lots of moorings uh, because those that's the element that provides the steady income stream. But if you are a private individual and you're possibly got a smaller marina or a reliance on the non-mooring income elements then I think it often comes down to the individual's interest. So whether that be an interest in a workshop, a boat building business, a chandlery, but I think in both cases, um, and with many property types, it probably comes down to location. Um, And it's also nice to see a marina that's utilising their whole asset. So, for example, where one may have a little bit of spare land, it's nice to see those adding some accommodation to benefit from the 
boom in the staycation market. Overall, I think a good marina is probably one that is able to innovate. And Tom, you're the you're the valuations man. When you, when when you go around looking at these places, what what's happening to the to the value of marinas, to the prices that that that, pe- that sellers are able to get? It's quite a complex question because only such a few marinas sell each year, and they're valued on a, a profit basis. It's difficult to to look at them alongside, say, residential on a on a value basis. Um, but generally, over the last three or four years, we've seen values increase uh, for the larger uh, marinas with a larger number of berths, and at the, at the lower end of the market, so where you've got, say, less than 250 berths, um, you'd be looking at kind of good values, but we're seeing those increase slowly as well. In what's happened to them, you know, over the last few years? I said I, I sort of mentioned at the beginning that it, there'd been a COVID boost. What provided that boost, and, and, and how much of a boost to the to the market did that provide? Uh, well, I think initially, um, marina operators um, had restrictions on uh, access to boats, and that caused some difficulty. And I think the the bounce back uh, is similar to that which we have seen in other sectors of the outdoor orientated leisure market, such as golf. Um, simply because marinas were, um, or moorings and marinas, provide an environment in which you could socially distance, which was a critical thing uh, in the uh, early days of the uh, pandemic. Um, and it meant that people could get out and about. Um, they couldn't go to their conventional activity. Um, and so, hence, there has been a resurgence in interest in, in people going to their boats. And that is also reflected uh, in the caravan park market, another market in which we are are very active. Yeah. So, Kay, the the the. I mean, I talked about occupancy. Is that a term that's used in the industry? I mean, or or, or you know, well, let's assume it is for a second. Is occupancy really high at the moment? It is. I think you know, there's a huge demand for people wanting to have that sort of increased leisure time that Ian spoke about. I think, especially with a bit of flexible working. We're starting to see people finding that newfound love of the water again, um, being able to finish work a little bit earlier and get down to their boat at the marina. So, yes, occupancy is up, definitely. And, you know, you mentioned um, uh, uh, technology and things like that a, a, a while ago. Is it a, is it a dynamic? I mean, not necessarily on the buying and selling. We'll come on to that in a, a bit more in a sec. But in terms of sort of the offering and things like that, is it a dynamic market? I, I I sort of slightly imagine it perhaps isn't. No, there's a huge amount of investment going into the technology of boats, much of which is filtered down from the America's Cup, which I don't know whether you know much about, but it's basically the pinnacle of yachting. It's the best boats in the world taking part. So this has led on to boat builders wanting to design the most technical and decarbonised boats. So we're seeing all sorts of new technology come about, hydrofoiling, alternative fuels, electrification. And I guess, you know, this is at the top end of ship design. And I guess over time, we're going to start to see that filter down to the more mainstream market. So I think, you know, marinas very much are the forefront of this sort of green industrialization, and you know, the marine sector in itself is... You've got a real target of becoming net zero by 2050. And of course, when whenever you get a situation where, you know, there's lots of evolution in the product in, in, in sectors like this, 
you know, that's an opportunity for, 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 for buyers to come into the market, right, and, and change things and, and do new things. And, and you get a sort of a really active, or you hope you get a, re- a really active market. Is, is, do you see that happening here? The market for, and then we're talking about the property market uh, now for marinas, is, is, uh, is perhaps a two-tier market, and we see that in other sectors as well. So you have um, you know, the, the, the upper tier of um of marinas which are owned by bigger operators such as premier mdl um aquavista boat boat folk and they're probably they probably account for between half a dozen and a dozen key corporate operators in the market sector but the vast majority of these marinas are are perhaps slightly smaller operators very often family run sometimes first second and third generation of family and so in terms of the activity in the market, um, you know, the, the level of transactions is relatively small. We have seen structural changes in the market over the, uh, over the last 10 years um, with these small number of corporates gradually increasing their portfolios. There have been a few group transactions as well, but the, the majority is still individual people selling very often to other individual owners. When we put a marina on the market, we always get huge amounts of interest. And uh, two examples are we sold uh, Cove Marina, a 70 berth marina on the Norfolk Broads, and Gillingham Marina, 500 berths on the River Medway in Kent last year. And um, neither of those went to corporates, but they did both go to operators within the leisure sector. And I think what's interesting is that ultimately you do need to have a certain skill set to run a business of this nature. So they are quite often bought by those in the leisure sector already. Is private equity in this game? It, it is. Um, it is an influence, but it's not. It's not a major influence. It, it, its biggest influence is in the in the backing of the um, the larger groups. When us three were talking about, I think uh, caravan parks or or something like that, we were talking about a similar dynamic, weren't we? Uh, you know, at, 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 at one level, there are consolidators in the market, and at another level, you know, the the lower level, perhaps there are individual lifestyle operators, owner operators. And the like. Absolutely, and I think the caravan park park market is is very much bigger. You're looking at I don't know four and a half five, uh, four and a half five thousand parks across the UK, um, and um, it's it's a very much bigger market. These the the lot size is generally very much larger. The turnover of the businesses uh, are very much more substantial, and we've seen a huge amount of consolidation uh, in that sector. I think in the marina market, uh, like the the sector is much smaller, so we're probably seeing that influence in terms of transactions, probably happening every sort of two, three years is the sort of pattern so far. Yeah, because um, so, 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 so I, I was wondering whether it might be similar to that. You know, I think, again, we've probably talked about this before, the the, the sort of owner-operator, lifestyle owner, uh, hotels in the Lake District type market, which, where there are lots of consolidators at the moment and, you know, uh, the the world's changing and they're pro- take, buying places and professionalising them and, and building platforms. But... But perhaps if there is, you know, if there is a total market of six hundred, it's hard for that to happen. Perhaps. Um, I, I think also you've got to look at the variable quality of the product and the scale of uh, of, of the product. I mean, I, I think a, a lot of uh, marinas uh, are not of sufficient scale to attract a a, a corporate operator. Um, I think. But it, but if even if they're small, you know, if you if someone wants to you know, create a platform and do a buy and build strategy on 
on the resort just is, is that I, I think it's the scale of the individual lot size because if you if you've got a 50 berth marina that's that's involves quite a lot of uh, of hands or management is best suited to the owner operator whereas if you've got 200 berths or 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 two to three hundred berths that becomes much more attractive to bolt on to a right. corporate structure Tom, let's talk about valuations for, uh, for a bit and, and, and not, not just ha- what they're like. I think we sort of probably talked about that a bit, but you, you mentioned that they're valued on profit. Can you just talk a little bit more about, you know, when, when you're valuing, when you're looking at a marina, what, what are the, is it just profit or are you looking at amenities or potential or, or, or what? So the value would, would appraise the accounts. So typically three years of accounts uh, looking backwards, we would analyse those to arrive at uh, an net operating profit for each of those years and then take an average to arrive at a fair maintainable operating profit which we think a reasonably efficient operator would be able to achieve in the marketplace if the operator has projections looking forwards uh, then we can adopt a discounted cash flow uh, pulling those into the valuation as well and generally I mean, I'm, this is a, in a bit of a stupid question, but but sorry, I'm going to ask it anyway because I mean there will be different operators. But generally, our you know our, our marinas is it a profitable business? A well-run marina should be able to achieve between forty and fifty percent profit potentially above that level. We do see in the marketplace some that are breaking even or making a loss, where say the previous owners died and passed it on to a family member, um, and they don't know what to do with it and, but, but, and but also tom i think the, the that depends to some extent on on the income profile um because where you've got add-ons um such as chandlery or shop sales uh, workshops uh, sometimes a, a cafe or a, a, a restaurant even that it that that element is less profitable than pure mooring income and that's where tom's talking about 50 cent margins that's achievable if you have a just a clean marina and you it's it's 90 percent occupied which is probably the average of the well-run marinas that's a highly profitable business it's rather like caravan parks um and and, and that clean rental income is attractive and what's interesting guy actually is you reminded me that um you know there are certain caravan park operators who have gone into marinas either on a single unit basis or rather like Tingdean uh, parks um they uh, went into marinas probably 20 years ago now over a period of time uh, and they now have a portfolio of nine uh, inland marinas across the UK because the parallel is there is same as letting a caravan base to somebody puts a caravan on it's a marina berth to put your boat on we're sort of talking about the opportunities a lot here but what about the, the any market's got opportunities also got threats you know, what, what what are the you know if you're an operator or an investor what do, what do each of you think are the sort of you know, the opportunities or the dangers, the things to look out for at the moment in, in, in the market? I think the marine sector could possibly be in fear of pricing out the younger demographics. And I think that's really because of all the advances on the technological side, making um, essentially making the boats more expensive. And that coupled with the pinch on current disposable income, I think it could make it a hard hobby Uh, for younger generations to take up. So I do wonder how the industry is going to deal with that. Um, One thought I had is whether we're going to see it a little bit like cars, whereby you don't necessarily own a car anymore, you lease it. And I wonder whether the same thing will apply to boats, that you don't have to own one, but you could lease one. Or 
perhaps you could be part of a boat club. Either way, I think that the industry's probably got to think of a way to sort of retain its customers, especially those that it's acquired through the COVID boom, essentially. Yeah. Tom, you were uh, raising, not raising your eyebrows, but you seemed enthusiastic about that idea of Kane. She talks knowledgeably. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's all about environmental social governance I think and I think Kate touched on it just now she mentioned MDL marinas but they appear to be pioneers um, with regards to this I'll just give you a couple of bits of what what they've been doing they've got 5,000 solar panels installed across five of their sites they own 18 marinas in total they all of their staff uniforms are made out of recycled plastic I think uh, again guy coming back to the structure of the um, the market the um the the corporate market is increasingly focused on environmental social governance so esg and um i think for any of those um private equity backed uh, corporate structures um that will be one of the criteria they will look at when they're buying buying a new site we're also starting to see the influence coming into the banking sector um so somebody lending into this sector um, is, is increasingly, I think, going to be put under pressure to make sure that what they are doing, how they're operating the business, has regard to environmental um, obligations as well. So I, I think those influences are going to affect the market in the future. I could talk all day about this, but I kind of feel that we need to move on and sort of get to our feature. Uh, tell me something I don't know. Where should we? Let's start with you, Tom. T- Tom, tell me something I don't know. This is an interest, interesting fact that I didn't know. A third of marina operators reported occupancy levels at 100% in 2020. So that's when COVID was going on, understandable. And that's with less than a quarter having an occupancy rate of lower than 85%. So I think that that is a staggering fact, really. And I think it's probably been brought on by Brexit, COVID, and possibly Ukraine looking forwards. Kay, tell me something I don't know. Well, the proportion of houseboats have also increased. They've gone from 15 to 25% since 2021. And I think this is really down to the rise in house prices, which has sort of led to the surge in popularity of living on a boat, um, and particularly in London. Yeah, I seem to remember we, one of our chaps who um, is one in our Docklands residential office uh, actually lives on a houseboat. And my killer point that I'm sure you don't know, or killer stat, as I'm still sticking to, Guy, um, was that over 75% of UK marinas have under 250 berths, and 78% operate on a sub £1 million turnover. Now, that that illustrates what I was talking about in terms of scale. So these are, on the whole, not enormous businesses, and the you know the continuance of uh, f- the, the, the the family uh, run. Um, influence on the sector will continue. Thank you so much for that, all of you. And that's a new subject, I think, to me and perhaps to some of our 
our listeners as well. So that's uh, that's been really fascinating. Uh, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is whet your appetite for more information, uh, there's plenty on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. There's the Aspects of Leisure report, which comes out very regularly there, and marinas are covered in that. And I think there's a marina page if you could sort of search the Savills website for the marina specifically, you have on your own marina page, right? Indeed. So there you are, you see. I wonder whether anyone else has a specific marina's page. I don't know. As I say, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much to all of you. Thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.